Ronald just took a shit. <laughs> a mean one. Welcome to episode 92. <laughs> <laughs> Best intro ever. <laughs> In the tradition of all of our uh, 90... How would you describe them? The, the n- episodes that are numbered in the 90s? Mm-hmm. In the tradition of all of them thus far? Oh, yeah. I was thinking 92 might be a good year, and so I actually went to the the, the, the college rock charts. Holy the Billboard college shit. rock or alternative rock charts for 1992. Okay. Uh, this was the year that we had one by U2. I'm not sure that why that was on the college rock. <laughs> they have really good crossover. Yeah. Uh, the uh, song, does anyone remember the song Teen Angst by Cracker? Yep. Mm-mm. What the world needs now is oh, another yeah, folk yeah. singer. Like, I need a... Mm-hmm. And then there's the um, Good Stuff by B-52s. There's uh, Digging in the Dirt by Peter Gabriel. And then there's actually a pretty cool song by Suzanne Vega uh, called Blood Makes Noise. It was from her album 99 Degrees Fahrenheit. I recommend that album to people. Blood it. makes noise. Blood makes noise. You haven't heard it. No. <laughs> no. Best expression I've ever gotten out of you. That didn't help the case at all. Blood. That sounds cool though. Yeah. So those are some of the alternative hits from 1992. This is episode 92. Thus endeth the reason for that. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got some, do you have any songs from '92 pulled up on your device? These songs: End of the Road, Boys to Men, Baby Got Back, Sir Mix a Lot, mm. Jump, Crisscross, No, Save the Best for Last, Vanessa Williams, What, Baby Baby Baby, TLC, No, Tears way. in Heaven, Eric Clapton, All in One Year. What? I love that song. Who doesn't? Eric Clapton, Sad song man. to say you love, but it's a great yeah. song. Great song though. Is wow. U2's one anywhere on that list? Um, <laughs> they, they hit that chart that it year. It seems strange they that didn't they hit would the be on the alternative charts. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> nope. November Rain, Guns N' Roses. I'll Be There, Mariah Carey. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Humping Around by Bobby Brown. Some good music right there. Yep. <clears throat> good shit. Not as good as this episode, though. Hell no. I don't even know it yet, no. but... We haven't even gotten started, and you can already tell it's going to be a good one. All those great hits, they're like nothing right. compared to an 092 of Movie Schmovie <clears throat> with uh, John, Ronald, and myself. I'm Steve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm John. And I'm Ronald. The mm-hmm was Ronald. <laughs> and together we're Steve, John, and Ronald. <laughs> we're we known. Voltra. <laughs> yeah, we do. We need to. What part would you be? Um, I'd be the feet, the right foot. The right foot. Yeah. We're what? getting that specific. Damn. If you're different. the right foot. They were different. Then, like, like, I don't think we, the, between the three of us, if one person a, is just a foot, we're, this. yeah, we might be like, like a very a lopsided, foot. unbalanced being. <laughs> I'll take the shin. Steve will be the knee. Like, one was like, we're was halfway like to a leg. Two different cats, right? There were two different cats on each leg. Well, there were, yeah, the, yeah. The, there were two different Voltrons, if you must know. Mm-hmm. One was formed by, f- there were like Four or five individual lion yeah. robots that formed a giant robot that had like lions for arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there Why was another one made into a that was yet? like a bunch of like I think they were like cars and ships and yeah, stuff that like formed weird, just yeah. a giant robot that didn't have lions for arms and legs. You tell me which robot you think is cooler: the giant robot whose arms and legs are lions, oh, yeah. or the one whose aren't lions. I'm gonna have to say lions <laughs> yes. for 500, Alex. I think that's very clear. <laughs> So, you get yeah. No points for answering that question. It's too obvious. <laughs> but yeah, but this is an interesting episode because uh, it. I don't think any of us have any idea what the other two guys are going to talk oh, about. No. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Right. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about what to do for this episode, and instead of just like kind of going, I guess, straight into saying <clears throat> movies, 
directly that we're thankful for. I mean, they, they might still be mixed in here. We don't know what each other picked yet, but it's more so just to kind of look back on the year to this point and say what four things we are thankful for. And a lot of it will play into film, maybe music, TV, mm. technology, whatever it might be. Things that we could have probably easily brought up and talked about mm-hmm. o- on this podcast. Um, something different for us, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little more broad, and it will kind of maybe allow us to cross over into some other things that we talk about on a day-to-day basis outside of, you know, always yeah. talking about movies. So mm-hmm. That was the plan. Now gotcha. we shall now, see how this goes out. I know that as recently as like... <clears throat> maybe earlier this evening it was possible that Ronald hadn't begun to yeah. make his list yet nope. there's more than just a possibility that that happened that's uh, something I can guarantee Steve that makes me so excited to hear Ronald's list <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good yeah, we, we get together like Ronald you, you got what's going on for tonight right like you, you know what we're doing Nope. No, it was great. No, it was great. So often there's a, yeah, I think so. And then you find out maybe not. But this time, Ronald, I, I wonder if it's just that maybe you're just, you're growing up as a person. That, that you, Steve asked you, do you know what's going on for tonight? And you said, no. You're just very honest with me. I appreciate that. Extreme level of the, honesty. The lack of sugarcoating makes everything a lot more interesting. And uh, I will start by saying one of the things I'm thankful for, Ronald, mm-hmm. is your is your candor. Really? Yeah. Thank you, man. Yes. That makes that makes me really happy. Yeah. <clears throat> Does that count as one of your four? No, actually. We just got walkered. Yeah. <laughs> it already started. We're just not listen, even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face. There's gonna be multiple oh, walkers. I can tell sports. you. I can tell you. Yeah. Each there's a walker within a walker within a walker. It's like a nesting doll yeah. of walkers. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna kick it off. All right. Because the the one that I think goes throughout the year for me oh I'm gonna knock your phone over uh it's something that we always talk about on the podcast is just straight up my love for horror films and i think mm-hmm. that this past year in general there's been a lot of good horror movies that have come out this year a lot of jazzmatez but the one thing i'll point out and what i'm truly thankful for beyond good films like surprisingly i really like dark skies which was the alien abduction film that came out earlier in the year but including like evil dead Oh, uh, that was this year. Uh, God damn it. Conjuring. Conjuring. Conjuring was... You're oof. next. Um, and some other ones that are on, like, that aren't traditional. I mean, like, there was a film that came out called Antiviral that was really interesting. We Are What We Are. Yeah, We Are What We Are. We spoke about on the podcast. But the main thing, you just said it, John, was The Conjuring. And what I was so thankful for about that movie was a studio nurturing a horror film so much that they were confident to release it in the summer. As a as a summer blockbuster horror movie, mm-hmm. and it paid off like crazy for them. Mission accomplished. The, the movie was a huge hit critically at the box office. I think it really invigorated a lot of moviegoers to see that kind of movie in the summer, and it was great counter programming for a lot of other just typical summer movies that mm-hmm. you know whether it was the big animated film for the family or the big superhero movie or the big. I don't know, giant robots fighting, you know, aliens movie, whatever it was. I thought that Conjuring felt great seeing that movie in the middle of the summer. It felt great that it was great, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I think uh, I think it will do a lot of good things. Like I think that one of the cool things reading back on that movie when we did the podcast episode on it was like, you know, they tested the hell out of that movie. And a lot of times these horror movies get picked up. And they just kind of get put out. They don't go through a lot of the testing, production process, post production processes that some other studio funded films do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lot of smaller horror movies, they get, they're made, and then a studio will buy them and either put them out on like video on demand or small theatrical. 
in a way, it's kind of how they screwed up with your next. I think. I think that I think they messed that movie up in terms of how they released it. But The Conjuring is the perfect example because that movie tested so well that they moved it from what is traditionally like a fall release for a horror film and said, "No, we're gonna put this movie out like against big summer movies." And mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Um, I love the film. Obviously, it's a movie that will be in my top ten probably at the end of the year. Um, but I just hope that it sets a new precedent for the pa- the possibility of not only looking towards quality horror in the fall or mm-hmm. the, the chance of quality in the fall, because most that comes out, you know, in the earlier part of the year are, are usually pretty not that great, and that <laughs> that come out later in the summer, like August, are usually not that great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love the idea of seeing a movie mixed in with uh and a small horror movie a movie that had nobody really in terms of name i mean you you recognize some of the actors yeah you know and it had a director and writer involved that is known in the horror community if you're you know if you if you know the new james wan and lee one l but it was just really refreshing and i um appreciate that and uh i think it makes the year more exciting for somebody that enjoys horror as much as I do, because I don't have to wait to see it around Halloween. Is that not one of those kind of interesting things about horror that it almost like if it has too much of a budget behind it or too much of a push behind it or too much of like studio excitement behind it or too, it's, it starts to lose a little bit of that weird subversive thrill that makes a horror film really special. And you almost have to feel like when you're watching a horror movie that you feel like the directors and the the actors that they all kind of got away with something. Do you know what I mean? So it's interesting that you note that idea that studios are starting to take note that this is a kind of movie. This is a, yet another. You know, it's right up. It's it's superhero movies, romantic comedies, whatever. It's like there are movies that they they know horror movies. If you release them at certain times of the year, you will get a re- response. I wonder if that's going to result in more interesting horror films, or if what we're going to see is more of a studio attempt, a push to make these types of movies. I, you know, are they going to lose a little bit of their kind of I mean, I'm not saying I'm not... I, like, I think that will happen. Like, for instance, seeing a lot of money thrown into a horror movie or into a movie that's that, like, I remember Prometheus would, may have been the last movie that was that expensive yeah. that was essentially built around trying to give you the creeps, you know? Right, right. And I think it's interesting to note that, that those movies don't always... Book, throwing money at a horror movie doesn't always make it scarier, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I wonder what that's going to that's gonna mean for the future. But it does seem like horror has had a kind of resurgence that I agree, Steve, even though the newer horror movies aren't, aren't my favorite in general, I like the idea that there are, it's like, it's like, it's been slightly destigmatized as a genre now. Like it's, it's, it's allowable that like there's, you know, bigger actors that are showing up and there's, there's, you can tell that people kind of want to play in that sandbox of, of a horror film. And it's not that it's this niche thing. It's like something that actually might open big and might have a big response. Yeah, I mean that's that. I think it'll go both. I go. It'll obviously go to both extremes because I yeah. think you know once it's seen that it can be you know successful, I think there will be things that are that will definitely shine through you know the craft. I mean I think it just happens with anything is is successful, whether you know it's a it's an initial film that's so great that they make a franchise out of it and the franchise sucks. But yeah. there's always a. They did spot. just announce Insidious three. They did. Oh, I yeah. didn't say. Yeah. And a spinoff yeah. for it. Too. Oh, they have. Yeah, okay. with the Annabelle character. Right. Uh, I note, note that I did not include Insidious two in my list of films. Yes, I no, I did. I very I, carefully I, I was, noted that. I was not a huge. You fan. mentioned that you think they kind of screwed up. Uh, your next, what do you? What? I don't think. Uh, I think they released it. I think that movie putting that out like it was in like August, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think they tried to piggyback on the Conjuring coming out in July, and I think they missed it. 
And I think they put it in like this gray area where it didn't have the midsummer attendance that the box office gets. I think in 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 August the the movies aren't as I mean just period in terms of box office receipts they drop off significantly in August. Mm-hmm. So putting a small horror movie an even smaller horror movie out in August um, with nobody that anybody knows because those are straight up indie people through and through that made the film or in the film, you know. Yeah. No one knows those people. I think that movie should have been one that is that should be in the in the fall. You know, if The Conjuring comes out in July and The Purge comes out in June and both are crazy successful, um, Purge not so much critically, but with Your Next, I mean, I think that's a really fun horror film. And I think that if that movie had been marketed the same exact way that they did it, a lot of fun stuff with the with the character masks I saw all over like a lot of social media and even at a, some events here in Baltimore, mm-hmm. like some grassroots stuff that they did for it. Um, I think it would have been more successful that movie in the fall. I think that setting that new expectation for The Conjuring, you know, I don't think you can say we're going to put it out like a week later and it's going to be successful because that's not the case because people are going to keep going to see The Conjuring or the word of mouth is going to go over to those people that have it and they're going to see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that you're next. I think they just like, I don't think they knew how to market it because it's not like, it's not as, uh, uh, I want to say like as commercial as like a movie like Scream, which I think it has a lot of kind of nods to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really does still feel kind of indie, you know, to put that in a multiplex and to say, go see this. Like the production value is not as big as a movie like The Conjuring. Yeah. Even though that wasn't a big budget film, like it doesn't look it. You know what I mean? No, I know what you're um, saying. But yeah, no, I really, I did really like your next. I just felt like it, it didn't catch. No, I'm just on. interested that because I do think yeah. that it is, it is kind of like I feel like if that movie was coming out now, it would make more of a dent. It would be more noticeable amidst all this typical kind of the prestige movies that they put out in the in the fall. It would be more of a oh an option like what do they call that counter programming? Yeah, it would that, it would stand out more now than maybe it did when it came out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. I mean, in 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 the. F- October thing like that's when you're looking for the horror movies and that's where it kind of now is becoming either saturated or there's one big one that they're really kind of putting their putting their eggs in the basket for but but it doesn't seem like there was really like Carrie didn't Carrie really was not good I make, saw, make I, I, a, I wasn't a fan it was supposed to be paranormal activity the the, the what is it five yeah mm. uh and that got pushed back until i think they're actually going to try to release that in the summer they're going to take that mm-hmm. and i think that's they're, they're going to push it all the way to the I summer i think i think because they're releasing ah. the, the the hispanic spinoff one mm-hmm. in january or february oh, okay and gotcha. i think they're going to try to throw that one out in the summer because of how well the conjuring did i mean those films are successful to, regardless yeah but their their returns are diminishing in that in that fall slot and i think that they might try to see, hey, there's a horror movie out this summer. Mm-hmm. People that love horror movies, what other horror movie came out this summer? Go see this one. You know, that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, and The Purge kind of kicked it off. Like, that was a movie that, like, was made for nothing. Great movie. Like, $3 million, I think, if that. And it made, like, 90 I mean, it's ridiculous. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but, I mean, a lot of people did like it. Like yeah. It. Um, but, yeah, just I'm thankful for seeing horror in the summer and seeing a lot of good horror movies this year. Yeah. So, thank you, horror. <laughs> that make good stuff. Gotcha. All you know, right, who's next? Th- I no. guess you're next. All right, Get, you're next. You're next. <laughs> I my <laughs> list. This is very strange because I don't even. I'm looking at this and I don't even know what some of these things mean that I wrote down earlier. But um, <laughs> I would say that one of the things I was really thankful for this year in terms of entertainment was, and it, you know, I got to see it with Thirty Rock, 
Got to see it with uh, Southland. Got to see it with Breaking Bad. Got to see it a little bit. To some extent, I'll say this about The Office. Things end. I like it when things end. All right, right. I like endings, Ronald. I like stories that start and they have an idea of where it might go. And then when it gets to the point where it's going to end, they end it. You know, which is definitely the case with Breaking Bad. And we spent an entire episode on that. But even with something like 30 Rock, which was very, very funny, very innovative, very influential, and had its ups and downs. But they they killed it. This last season of 30 Rock was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then I would say with something like Southland, which obviously the, got yanked before it was officially done, it's still, the ending of that last episode is so brutal and so in keeping with the tone of that show, it really feels like they did it on their own terms, even if that wasn't how they intended right. to end it. And so I just think in general, I, I want to say I'm thankful for... The fact that not every creative property gets dragged out and has every last bit of blood squeezed out of it before it's done, that sometimes things get to end and you get to have a creator like Vince Gilligan on Breaking Bad or like Tina Fey on 30 Rock who knows how to put the last piece of the puzzle into sure. place and make you feel like, I didn't waste my time being into this thing. Yeah. you know. And it's not a case of... Like, I don't know, something like Dexter, where, again, yeah. even though I didn't watch it, but it ended, and it seems like most people that were a fan of that show sort of looked the other way when it was over. Whereas some of these other shows, you can see, you know, the ending well means there's more of a life to it in general. Like, you know, it's amazing what a good ending does to your feeling about a story that you might yeah, recommend definitely. it. That you might say, I might go back and watch every episode one day or something. So, that, yes, ending a- on your own terms, very important to me. And I want to say 2013, it was it happened after 30 Rock ended. And then I got into Southland and watched all of them within like a month. <laughs> and then that ended. And then I remember The Office even, which has definitely, I'm talking about ups and downs. The Office had definite periods oh, okay. where I was watching it going, why am I still watching this right, show? Right. Even it managed to end on a note and with a beat that made me think, okay, something the creators of this this entertainment knew what they had to some extent and knew how to put a bow on it. Um, so yeah, I think that, I, I, you know, I realized that things I loved were ending this year. And the, the 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 crown jewel, of course, is Breaking Bad, which might be in I you know the further I get away from it, the more impressed I am at the feat of storytelling that was. But yes, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful yeah. for for you, 2013, making sure that <clears throat> entertainment ended in you. Gotcha. Is that what I want to say? <laughs> is that really how it I want to finished inside that? of you? So was, Steve, was that a sentence? <laughs> um, it works. Yeah, it, it works. works. It passes for one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, Ronald, we can't wait. Let's hear it. Okay, very, so oh whoa, you look serious for one second, and then you got funny. Um, you smiled. Couple, <laughs> couple years ago, the mini moods of Ronald um, James. A couple years ago, the service, man, I wanted it so bad that I faked my address as if I was in London to get this <laughs> service before it came to America, like four years ago. Uh, Spotify, Sean Parker, you're a fucking genius for bringing it to America. So Spotify started out for a lot of people that don't know. Um, it's actually more than four years ago. So um, a couple years ago, um, Spotify just existed in the UK. Um, I'd heard about it through friends um, that were there and um, through blogs and stuff like that. So I, I, I'd been a part of it. I'd been a part of Spotify for a long time. In fact, my UK account switched over to my US account. And I was really into it. But something about this year when I got... Uh, my 30-day trial of the premium mm-hmm. and i was able to make my offline playlists available like as i traveled made me realize how good of a service it was and i don't i don't know what's to come of the industry now but they've made agreements with the label which took a long time through sean parker's hard work um where 
a lot of music is available on that stuff that you don't necessarily have to pay for in the same way that you did before. And I don't know what that means for like artistry and, and, and anything. It's like a Netflix of, of music, essentially. Mm-hmm. It really is, except you really get things that come out first day, which is different. Um, but it brings to mind the sort of thing that you thought you would have with like Torrance, where you could say, I want to watch this movie right now. Any movie, this movie, this song right now. So I don't know. Like lately, I've really been kind of attached to it. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I said, I'm really old school about that. I like physical copies of stuff. I did like physical stuff, copies of stuff. But this, if you're going to invest in the digital age, this is it. Like it's, this is the way to go if right. you want, you know. You almost have to disentangle it from any opinion you have about like how are the artists getting paid. Like that's yeah. not what you're talking about. You're right, talking right. about as a consumer, as an end user of music. Right. This is a great way to get it. I got to admit, I'm like completely missed the boat on Spotify. I don't. I have not even... You need I, to try it at work. I think I have Especially an account. In, like, a, my cousin, like, I feel like I got invited to it when they first started coming out, like, a little mm-hmm. over a year ago. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever actually utilized it. I've try never, it at work. I, I, Especially I will. since you're, like, you I know, you do what I do, so... Like, <clears throat> how, yeah. do you, how do you listen to most of your music, just for the... My iTunes. I mean, I have, like, a ass ton of music in my yeah. iTunes, so... I have all my playlists. Is, yeah. is an ass ton, is that, like, a buttload? That's greater than or equal to, like, 13,000 songs. Yeah. Spotify. Nice pick. Well, you mentioned uh, my second pick, John, uh, by name briefly, oh. but um, I, I can't let a year go by and not thank Netflix. Um, but oh, specifically, fuck. so that Ronald and I don't go through our normal conversation about the value or its lack of library, whatever it might be, I'm going to highlight Netflix's original programming department. I think that uh, when we've talked about a number of their shows over the course of the year, um, and there's more to come, obviously, yeah. that you, we, we talked about, uh, what, last episode or two episodes ago. And they ago. just picked up... Season four of the killing too. That's a part of my part of my oh. thanks, John. All thank right. you for for ruining that. But uh, Steve, thank you for thanking me. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> just go back and forth. You're welcome. But basically, just thanks just, for giving just, me an opportunity to say you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> the, thanks. The, 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 the so basically, to to make it simple or try to make it simple is that seeing through to what they talked about over the course of like the last two years. you know, The idea of it's not going to be just giving access to stuff that is already existing. And the fact that Netflix can be nominated for Emmys, you know, or, or Netflix pro- programming can be nominated for Emmys. Yeah. That, I think, is a very important thing. It's very different. It's very, I think, I think in the years to come when we're a little older, it's going to be, say, say, it's going to be somewhere like that was kind of like a monumental thing that happened. And not only I think are they doing it, I think they're doing it very well. Mm-hmm. I think that um, you know, all things considered, in terms of what we pay, and we've talked about it many times for mm-hmm. the service, I think it's ridiculous the quality of the shows. I mean, I mean, specifically highlighting shows like House of Cards, which you know that's the they got that Emmy nomination. But the new Buzz show that they've really been riding high on since the middle of the summer is Orange Is the New Black, which is an incredible series mm-hmm. that I never knew was ever being developed. It came out because I heard... It almost didn't seem like it could be that good because you hadn't heard about exactly. it. Exactly. Like, how, how... Why? But then I started hearing, like, everybody involved with the series, like, the main cast on, like, a lot of... I, I have Series XM, and, like, they were on every station I turned to, like, doing press for it. Mm-hmm. I saw them, like, one of them on, like, one of the talk shows. So it was, like, one where I saw people, like, really kind of doing some grassroots, like, marketing, going the press tour for it. 
So, you know, I watched it and like, you know, it's one of those shows, like depending on how you want to consume your TV, we watched it in the course of like a weekend or two days, but a really great show that like, you know, people are saying, when's the second season coming out? What's happening? It's a show that people care about. Yeah. It's a show that may not have ever been made for a network. Who knows? But it's on Netflix. And yeah. outside of those two shows, like, uh, you know, they had the Hemlocks Grove, which is more of a genre. I wasn't a huge fan, but the idea is that they're putting out series consistently and they're... They're at least good, you know. Which well, I is like the way huge. Netflix is doing it. Yeah, Netflix might be the first a la carte channel. Like, mm-hmm. I like the more I think about it, the more I see people use it, the way people use it. Yeah, it may be the first channel. The way it it's it's what you've always heard that stations were gonna be like in the future because people wanted to start individually charging money for their channel and maybe isolating. The experience a little more like you like i've always heard that like hbo was trying to go for like something similar to that mm-hmm. but it's 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 becoming a reality through this one-stop shop it, it is a one-stop shop so i i, I don't know I, I just like overall how aggressive it is I it's think, super aggressive i think they've you know they basically have said that like over in 2014 they're going to double their investments in original content but the really interesting thing is is that the, the the original content only presents like I think ten percent of their total expenditures for the mm-hmm. year, like so that tells me that, that that's like crazy mm-hmm. how much of the original is you know out there and, and is attracting attention from people like you know us. Yeah. But I mean the fact that ninety percent is more after series air, you know, like uh, you know already you know movies that have come out this year though that'll be there next year or like you know we talked about an episode or two ago about the Marvel deal with Disney. I mean, I think Netflix is super aggressive. What they're trying to do with the theater exhibition, I think, is incredible. And it's very exciting, however that ends up. I just like how much they're trying to change and give options. And I love the idea that they're making their own shows. I think yeah. it's... And Orange is the Black, as much uh, attention critically as House of Cards got, <clears throat> um, period, Orange is the New Black is is better than House of Cards, in my opinion. Yeah, so. And, absolutely. And it is their most I successful... I watch a pod. I couldn't. They're, they're, it's their, they've said it's their most successful original sh- series. Looking forward to what they do next year. Yep. Well, one of the things I'm thankful for in 2013, and this is going to be kind of meta, because this is a podcast, and we're talking <laughs> about things we're thankful for, but I fucking love podcasts. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I love podcasts so Mine much. I love when I find a new podcast... One of the reasons why I was able to cancel my Spotify subscription and not be too hurt was that I don't listen to as much music. I mean, to me, when I listen to music now, it's almost good. Mm-hmm. I used to have music on just to have noise, just to have background. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, what I noticed whenever I would be in the car and I would kind of, you know, talk radio, even if it's like, if, if I'm on like a road trip or something, talk radio is easier to pass the time than music because with music i think you mentally if you're if you know you're driving for eight hours mm. you mentally know an album's about 45 minutes song's about three minutes you know what i mean you'll go through a lot of a whole lot of choices of music in the first 30 45 minutes of a road trip mm. and then you've got six more hours and then at some point you're just putting random play but you know what i mean you can't dj effectively for eight hours so true making those choices but with podcasts you can just put them on and kind of 
Jeremy. time changes for you just a little bit. You speak in my language. And I, I mean, it's like, I, and because talk radio, although it is very instructive and amusing, if you drive like down the coast, mm-hmm. you'll start off with like NPR locally, and then you'll get into like Virginia, and it'll be like some some local radio station where they're talking about like there's a swap meet, and they're talking, there's someone on the radio trying to get someone to buy their wheelbarrow. And mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit further south, and it's like. And the Lord saith, you know, <laughs> but it's like, it is, I do sort of miss that now. Like I used to always be on a road trip, always hunting through the AM stations, trying to find whatever crazy local shit I right. couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, now I'm a little bit more in my little podcast bubble, but I just love it. And I love knowing I've got episodes to catch up on. And, you know, when, when you hit that refresh in iTunes and you see a new episode of a podcast you really like come down the pike, you just I'm get sure this. i what all of our listeners I, feel I like. have a yeah, feeling everyone who so. is listening is nodding so vociferously yeah. that, like, they're, they're, there's actually neck damage happening. <laughs> I just think there's something so intimate about that voice in your ear and how you get used to those personalities. And, yeah. uh, you mine, know, it's very addictive. Mine is actually closely related to that. Um, and it's actually, uh, what is the term that I put? Uh, media, media accessibility. So one of the things that I, I've always had an issue with in general is like, if you like somebody, you really don't get to hear and see about them very much. Like there's there's that thing where like, say for example, I don't know, I like Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. I like Zach Galifianakis for a couple years and there was a time where I just couldn't hear anything about him. Um, once I started like getting into podcasts and, and more YouTube stuff, I, I found several podcasts where he was getting interviewed. I found several, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Several things. So that accessibility to the people that you enjoy and getting to see as much of them as they provide, like more now, because media is not only like the the way that media is put together. It's not just a promotional tool. It's like a you get a deeper understanding of a person because that, that stuff, the podcasts aren't really for money you know what i mean no yeah i mean those promote their character though that yeah no you're absolutely right there it's 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 now it's way more almost of a direct line yeah to a lot of these people you know like i think a lot of them that's how they stay relevant they stay busy you know when they're in between if they're you know comedian that say does films or does you know whatever tv series they they have a podcast or they have or Mm -hmm. even if it's just social media like you know i think even that accessibility is insane how much how engaged these people are, specifically yeah. comedians. Since we were just talking about all these guys that have these great podcasts, like comedians. I remember how excited you got, like when, like I think was it Chelsea Pretty at that yes. Aziz show, like when she t- retweeted something to you. Yes, that was great. You like shit a brick, like you were so mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, I think, and I think that's everything. amazing. Like yeah. engaging a fan base on the regular. Yeah, I mean, how else do you make better fans than that? You yeah. don't. Like your your material is what you know. Again, with comedians, like your material is what you know, interest you to, to, from the beginning, but how much better does it get to know that you're not only paying attention to them, but they're now in some way paying attention to you. Yeah. And that engagement is, I think, incredible. It was, there, was, there was never a time where you can, I mean, I guess you could send a letter to somebody and get something fake back from them, but now I got Jonathan Brandis's autograph when I was really? a little kid. Yeah. You know, from Ladybugs and Sidekicks. Yeah. And then like Rest that, in peace. that shit was like, <laughs> he's like, died. He killed himself. Yeah, he He's, killed himself. He has died, is the way I asked that. Yeah, he, he has, has died? The yeah. I, I didn't know that. He, he like, himself. overdosed or hung himself? Yeah, it was yeah. Bad, bad news bears. Um, is that not too <laughs> too light of a of a euphemism or an exclamation to make about a guy who... I mean, maybe, but, I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't know what else to say. <laughs> I said rest in peace first. That's right. And then yeah. you're like, what? He's dead? Yeah. No, I said... <laughs> so I blame you, John. I think what I said was, 
He has died. <laughs> he has died. <laughs> he he's dead. He's, he, he has died. a certain death to him. Yeah. But yeah, the things like that and and like the Reddit things that they've been doing, like yeah, where you can, especially for like AMAs Breaking Bad, what the hell yeah. was that? Like that's like answering it, somebody asking you a question and then you answering it in video form, mm-hmm. and, and and like oh man, that, that stuff is really cool, and that accessibility is is what 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 I think can extend the life of, of the career of a person just being in tune with technology and being accessible and i don't i, I think that stuff's really neat mm-hmm. um and seeing it kind of f- fleshed out the way it has been and seeing what twitter has become and it's all pretty neat that that accessibility so i i, I think that's one of the things that i'm super grateful for very cool <clears throat> my next pick is a little more on the retail side um there is an element of media to it though and this is something that I was turned on to at the end of 2012. And it blew my mind that I was never involved with this prior to then. And under the big umbrella, it is something known as Amazon.com. <laughs> and, <laughs> and more 2012 preci- is with you? And more precisely, Amazon Prime. So basically, yes. So I, I'm aware of what it was. Right, I right, always right. knew it. I, you know, I was like, I guess I never really went all in in terms of buying right. things online. And when I when I did sign up for Amazon, I was always ordering like one offs from there. Yeah. But you know, going for the Amazon Prime thing, which I believe is like seventy dollars a year. But I mean it's like free two day shipping on pretty yeah. much everything. As a retail option, it's amazing. Tax free, it's amazing. Unfortunately in twenty fourteen that will end in Maryland because yeah. they're building a warehouse here, which sucks. But the Amazon Prime angle that's also really cool, again I mentioned Netflix earlier. They have their own version of like their mm. streaming service. And honestly, for $70 a year for what I get in terms of the retail piece, this is an amazing bonus that I get as, yeah. a, as a member or a customer of Amazon. Um, not only is it available, they are way ahead of the game on how you can get to it. Like in terms of some of the streaming services and where they're available in terms of the media devices yeah you know they are everywhere they are that's crazy like, i don't know i guess i don't know if it's because of amazon the brand itself yeah you know in terms of what they have access to in terms of their actual retail partnerships because they pretty much sell everything too yeah that they're on um but you know like my wd box you know a netflix i mean a roku box a smart tv yeah. any ios device any android i mean it's just crazy how easy it is to get and while it's still in its infancy they actually have a couple really funny original series on there right now. One of which is called Alpha House, which has uh, John Goodman. Goodman. And the first episode had a brief glimpse of Bill Murray in it, which was actually really funny. Oh, wow. Which actually is a really funny series. It's a short series, but it was part of that big pilot thing that they yeah. did earlier in the year. It was one of the seven the pilots yeah. that they released or whatever. And another one's called Beta, uh, or Betas. Um, but overall, just I just love Amazon Prime. Um I don't want to sound too much like a shopaholic, but I love a good deal. Yeah. And I think that Amazon and how they drive the prices down for some of these. Amazon how, feels like a black market. It's it's crazy how cheap you can it get It does. Things. And it, you it know why? Crazy. Because it's being fed from a lot of other retailers yeah. that use Amazon for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Like that John Smith factory that I want to buy a pair of shoes right. from. It doesn't say fulfilled by Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into the details here. Doesn't say fulfilled by Amazon. It says fulfilled uh, fulfilled by Joe jo, jo New Balance. Yeah. You know whatever. 
but they supply it. They it's ship crazy. it or and they give you the they give you that prime thing for being a member. Yeah. The fact that it's I can just, go it's on it's just great. I just love it. I want to I want an HDMI cable. 19 yeah. cents. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? That's weird. A, that should be illegal. And it, and it's getting even bigger, you know. I think the yeah. fact that they're making more distribution centers, they're trying to make the 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 seamless, I mean the experience between the digital experience and having to wait to get it even right. quicker because they're going to have all these warehouses. So for that, in, 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 and that's kind of like a burst, and this is kind of like an outlier from everything else we talked about with the exception of the, the streaming. I just think that Amazon is one of the coolest things of the year for me. And I mm-hmm. think that as a customer, both of goods and services, I don't know that I get anything better than what I experience on Amazon. And actually it kind of it dovetails in with what what my next thing was going to be, which seems I had a more general topic, but we talked about it with Netflix and you've talked about it with Amazon, which is just the idea, the, the streaming media, things available on demand. That's a huge, I mean, you know, that would be the one of the things I'm thankful for this year. And it, it, it seems like we're, we've already kind of covered it based on talking yeah. about Netflix and talking about Amazon, but that accessibility, it is a huge piece of what is like being a media consumer in today's age. So I'm extremely thankful for that aspect of Amazon, that aspect of Netflix, and just that aspect of where the culture is going that, you know, my greedy little hands, it's very easy yeah. for me to for me to see the things I want to see and not feel like I've got to make the road trip uh, to see it. Even though, so, you know, back to what we were saying last week about video stores, you do kind of miss that feeling of having to go to a theater to see yeah. a movie. But some movies that I want to see, I was never going to get a chance to see them in the theater that, anyway. That's, that's the, yeah, that's and great. now I'm seeing them while they're still fresh. And I think that's that's, cool. that's huge. Uh, I didn't want to hijack Amazon no, no, for you, but that was, a, that was my, that was my third pick, was nice. just the, the accessibility of streaming... Um, you know, day and date, on demand, all that stuff. It's a, it's like a revolution, and it's like I'm now to the point where there's almost too many options. If I go and look at what's available on demand upstairs, there'll be three or four movies that I'm curious about. You know. Yeah. Um. Also, Comcast. If you have any friends that have Comcast, I have Comcast it. TV Go app. Yeah. What the. F- That's nice. What are they doing? Like, H- HBO Go also is yeah, awesome. So so it's like the crazy part is. It could be. It's like HBO Go. You can get HBO stuff, except you can download it. You can have an offline version of some of the shows. So, like, you'll go to like Showtime or whatever, like Masters of Sex, for example. Um, I'm watching that pretty heavily. You can get an offline version. I bet of you it. are taking notes. <laughs> taking notes. Get an offline version of it. Watch it later. What you do is you go home, you lock the doors, you pull the curtains, you strip naked, naked, you strip naked, and you connect Lizzie. electrodes to your body, yeah. and then you pleasure yourself with a vibrator. Lizzie Kaplan. And then you watch Masters of Sex. <laughs> and then I'll become a master of sex. Mm. I like the confidence that you're showing. Um, I'm still a student of sex. <laughs> do you ever stop learning? I don't think so. I'm like okay. a Padawan of sex. <laughs> right, that's good, man. I have my pubic hair braided into a little rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to you, Okay, man? my number what four, the, hold on, my, num- my number four just went out the window. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> that never thing happened. Right like, I feel like when we first started, you never said gross <laughs> things. I just pushed you I to did. The- I just never said them in, in, a, in a microphone environment where <laughs> right, I knew people right. would hear them. I've, I've, I've felt like I've created this environment of comfort where you just like, I'm going to say exactly what I was thinking. I love that. God damn it, I love it. Well, I'm thankful for that, Ronald, in 2013. (laughs) Oh, man. That's incredible. Uh, Oh, so my my pick is Francis Ha. 
Francis, Fuck you. <laughs> the reason I pick it is for for it's it's actually bigger than the movie itself. What was what what happened this year? Well, a bunch of really incredible movies. A bunch of really incredible movies came out, but this one was very different from anything that I had seen in a while, and uh, it felt super fresh. I mean, it felt fresh in comparison to everything else that I had seen. And and what it did for me, even if you know, you may not. Everybody didn't like the movie. Everybody didn't see it, but the fact that it was like black and white and done in this this style and had this really strong female lead made me feel like there is hope for movies man like like in the midst of everything that's happening whether you don't whether you like it or not there can be a change there can be something that comes every year that was almost on my list ronald was the the smaller films the surprises yeah, the films, I, I, just, yeah. I just i just wrote down cinematic surprises and i was thinking of francis ha and spectacular now in yeah. particular and movies that aren't the big it's not pacific rim it's yeah, not iron man yeah. 3 it's not any of those movies that you see coming from a mile away and and oftentimes those are the movies you remember the most. So yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. It's that thing, it's that thing where I used to watch Siskel and Ebert, and they they talk about all the movies that you know, and they throw in a movie, and you're like, what the fuck is that movie? Yeah. And 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 that because we're so media heavy, we're, we're that stuff is accessible, but it still is really great now to not have something that's spoon fed to you mm-hmm. that you can find that you can find uh what's, what's that horror film we were talking about about the cannibals uh we are what we, we are. are we are where we are that the fact that we can watch where we are where we are now and we couldn't before and that it it it, it mixes things up a little bit i feel like going to the movies and seeing what's at the amc is being spoon fed things and and you taking out the time to see something that's a little different mm-hmm. off the beaten path is what I've always wanted. And I knew that there were different things out there because I'd see like Siskel and Ebert mention out of their top 10 movies of the year, those two or three. I think the first one that I ever saw that was like off the beaten path was Sideways. Mm-hmm. That was the first one that I was like, what are they talking about? Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't see this anywhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then once I saw it, I was like, oh, there's, diff- there's a different rhythm to it. The humor's different than anything that's out mainstream. And it made me feel like, ah, this is what they were talking about. So, All right, Steve Arena. So my last one is... And I'll ne- I promise I'll never call you Steve Arena again. You, you can call me whatever you want, that's, John. That just came out the, wrong. Uh, my last pick for the thing I'm thankful for in 2013, I, I, I kind of tried to highlight something having to do with film, with technology, with, with something with maybe with shopping which yeah. is i don't know weird saying that out loud <laughs> but the other thing i like to do every day of my life is eat and i figured it wouldn't be good to have a thankful list around thanksgiving without giving some ex- <laughs> some acknowledgement <laughs> to something that has reawakened in me in 2013 All right. one of the simplest things we've ever experienced as children as as teenagers <laughs> as grown-ass men in terms of food it's two ingredients it's bread and cheese, and then you grill it, and it's called a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my god! And uh, there's there's a store, and there's multiple there's different chains across the country that have basically taken the grilled cheese sandwich and just revitalized it. Up the ante, if you will. And my life will never be the same. Like my we, whole... we discovered this just last year, Steve. My wife and I just discovered that like if you just vary up the cheese and put a couple of different ingredients in there, and you're like, oh my god, what this happened? Is <laughs> How did this not happen? 
in the other 29, 30 years yeah. of my life. Right, right. Yeah, the, the local shop here is Grilled Cheese and Company. I you work down by one. You should go there for lunch sometime. Really? Putting barbecued chicken and gouda cheese. I'm a lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. but I'll still try Whatever, it. Whatever, Ronald. There's a bathroom at your work. Yeah. I know that a lot of people don't like pimento cheese, but when I discovered that you can make a pimento cheese sandwich and then grill it, <laughs> and it became this other delicious animal. It's very much like that. Yes. It's the most simple of my choices, but I love food. And what's not to love about a grilled cheese sandwich? I didn't know there was one near me. Yeah, there's one right right by your work. Holy and shit. without giving away your location, there's one right by your work. Right, right. It is strange, Steve. You're right, though, that you would think that it would be something you would have just known all your life. I don't But it's don't like know. the fact I mean, that, oh, you mean if you put two different kind of cheeses and then like a slice of tomato in there, that somehow this is like incredible? Yes. And it's like... <laughs> If you get it when it's just crispy enough on the outside and just gooey enough or on even, the inside. And, and, and not to get too crazy, yeah. but if you change the bread, too, different kind of Do, bread. Yeah. Hold on. Do they have it with Texas toast? Yeah. Oh. And ciabatta bread? What are you talking about, Ronald? Come on. Possibly. <laughs> Forget about it. But, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Everything else. I don't really care. Holy shit. But I had to, I had to take it real simple. And when I was making this list, like like John was saying earlier, like I I kind of had a little more trouble than I thought I would have. Yeah. But then when I looked back on 2013 and <clears throat> combined everything in terms of like that was great every mm-hmm. time. Well, I'm really happy that happened. It was the fact that grilled cheese came back into my life like a bullet train. And <laughs> I, I had I at least every other week I have to find myself in that that restaurant experiencing one of their amazing grilled cheese sandwiches it came into your life with the speed of a bullet train but then it bound up your life yeah. and had you and slowed it down to a crawl <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> kind of stopped up your life yeah. just a little bit yeah but thank you grilled cheese for yeah no grilled cheese coming back into my life like i i'm confident that 90% of the people that are listening to this are now hungry for a grilled cheese mm. As a, let's go and if you're out there and you think you've outgrown grilled cheeses you don't need to be listening to this yeah. show you're wrong we don't need listeners <laughs> like you <laughs> But yeah, so that, that that rounds it out for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you your preamble, Steve, had me thinking that you were going to go down the direction that I'm going, which okay. is which is like, uh, uh, you know, on the sappy side, my friends. Aww. I, I found this year <laughs> that I, I mean, that for a, you know, without getting too into it, it's been a tough year yeah, right, for right. me and my family, yeah. and and uh, I lost my father in February, and there's no bright side to that, but. One of the things that you do start to notice, I mean, this is so fucking corny, but every day's a gift, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. anything that distracts you from <laughs> from the fact that we're all going to die and the fact that it's all, this is all just a, tr- a burning train going straight to hell. It's like oh, nobody yeah. gets out alive. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting that we live our lives knowing that and that we're able to get through the day and that we're able to find simple pleasures like a like a grilled cheese sandwich or a, a nice fresh piece of produce or a good movie or enjoying a, a song, whatever it is, like these things we shouldn't be able to enjoy any of that stuff. Yeah. We should all be just like like cowering in a bunker somewhere and like yeah. trying to protect ourselves, but we're able to get out there and we live our lives. And I do think, you know, whatever whether it's distraction or whether it's making yourself oblivious to all the horrors of the world just so you can take another step. You know, it, it life is is amazing. Life it, is awesome. It really is. And to get it to really draw is. another breath, you know, if you look at it in the positive sense, and it's hard sometimes. I guess life itself. I'm wow, you're for. screwed, dude. It's super closely related. Okay, so um, so what do you like? Peanut butter and jelly? No. So this is closely. So the 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 title of this is existential crisis, creative freedom, thirties. So <clears throat> I turned thirty, and uh, I I had an existential crisis. Like I don't, I didn't know anything about what I was going to do, how I felt about anything. 
But in the beginning of the year, um, I knew that it was coming and something happened where uh, it wasn't a conscious thing. 50 things happened mm-hmm. that I never thought would ever happen. And without bragging, I kind of wrote some of the stuff down and I'm not going to like... You're going to read all 50. This is no like weird... I mean, like this isn't like a thing where I'm trying to... I narrated a documentary. I continued doing stand-up. I acted in a short for the first time in my life. I hosted a comedy night. I got a new job. I lost 60 pounds. I started another podcast that's starting pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like 10 other things. Um, I, I, I put sappy things on, on uh, Facebook every once in a while, if you notice. Because I hope this doesn't get me like weird feeling. Um, there's, a, there's a huge amount of love that I try to show people in passing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the accumulation of all that stuff. It's that thing where, like, you don't think that it's ever going to pay off. Like, it's like in passing, you'll say, like, you, like it's cool. You're going to be okay. You don't think that that thing could graduate into somebody being like, hey, um, I remember when you told me this. I got something I need you for. Mm-hmm. And uh, all this stuff is happening and it feels weird. Like, it's like um, you 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 put all this energy into things and you lose things and you gain things and you never think that it's ever going to come back. And I have proof that if you're just a decent person and the best version of kindness that you can give people, mm-hmm. that some amazing fucking things can happen. And... My life is an accumulation of all this love and all these people that are invested in me and I'm invested in them. And I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I it almost feels like I've been granted too much time. And I and I love I love you guys. I love you too, Ron. <laughs> I mean to get weird, man. But it, it, yeah, I love you too, man. Yeah, it's that stuff is it's important. To I think me. I misunderstood the assignment for this episode. <laughs> I didn't mean to get all weak. I should have went out with a big, big thing at the end. I just said grilled cheese. <sighs> I'm sorry. But yeah, that's... Well, that feeds into my thing, Steve, because I've done a lot of emotional eating this year, too. <laughs> a lot so, of comfort foods have been involved. Yeah. Well, all right, folks. Ooh, I, th- I, I think we needed to have this. this I think good... so, too. So hopefully, yeah, everyone's rolling into Thanksgiving. They're going to see those family members next week, you know... <laughs> Even the even your grumpy old great aunt sitting in the corner, go over and go over and hug her neck as yeah. she as she requests. Her very yeah. fat neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of episode ninety-two. Yeah, I think we cool. did it. I think we, yeah, that was I think it. We killed ninety-two. A lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah. for listening. Most importantly, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. As okay. always, you've made our day. Oh. Oh.